0: All right, First John, we're gonna be studying there and it's a letter written to early Christians and the purpose of this letter, First John, was to firm up their confidence in their Christianity and their salvation. And so that it's important to note as we start that as you read this letter, these folks were Christians and they were going through a rough time and so John was writing this letter to them and we'll try to answer two overarching questions as we go through this series in First John. And so keep this in mind, because no matter what the title of the sermon ends up being, the overarching questions are, how do I know I'm a Christian? And similarly, how do I know I'm saved? Right? And so John, as these people are going through these struggles, he, he's, he's bolstering that. He's, he's helping them focus on who they are as Christians, And so keep those two questions in mind as we go along. How do I know I'm a Christian and how do I know I'm saved? And those questions, we're not Christians because our friends or family told me I was a Christian. That's not how that works. Just because a friend or a family member or a neighbor or somebody in church said, hey, you're a Christian, that's, that's not how it works. It has to be something that you do between you and God. That's how it works. And so... We're going to look at that a little bit. John, he gives us biblical benchmarks as we go through this book to these first Christians so that they could have confidence in their Christianity, and we can too. As we think about this, and this is all intro, we'll get into 1 John here in a little bit if you want to open up there, but a couple things first off we need to define. First thing we need to define is what is a Christian? If we're going to claim to be Christians, what is that? And nowadays, people seem very, very confused about what a Christian is. I watched a YouTube video this morning. This guy was bashing Christians, and yet he had no idea what a Christian was. And so it's out there. It's common. uh, People are very confused about it. And so here's what a Christian is, at least my definition. A Christian is someone who believes in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, believes that he is the Son of God, God himself, he believes, a Christian believes he died as a payment for our sins and rose from the dead, defeating death. And if you read back in Revelations one eighteen, it says Jesus himself holds the keys to death in Hades. And so along with all that, a Christian follows Christ's commands. And so that's my definition of a Christian, all that list of things there is my definition of what a Christian is. It's somebody who follows Christ, who's believed in that blood of Christ, believes that he's the son of God, follows his commands. That's a Christian. Now, the second uh, thing we want to define here this morning is what does it mean to be saved? What, what is salvation? We talk about that a lot. Being saved, as I thought about it, being saved is the fact that Jesus saved us from the penalty of death, from hell. He paid paid the price. Jesus Christ paid the price. He took the punishment for our sins and he was sinless and took away our sinfulness. Being saved is the fact that Jesus Christ went to the cross, defeated death and hell and rose again. And now as Christians, we can be saved. We can be there with him in heaven. Those are the definitions that I came up with of being a Christian and and being saved. And As we think about that, those two definitions also tell us what being a Christian is not. Being a Christian is not based on race. It's not based on creed, color, nationality, political party, agenda, or association. None of those things affect you being a Christian. Or just because you have any of those things doesn't mean you are a Christian. For example, attending or having an association with a church does not mean you're a Christian. You could come to this church every day for the next 50 years and not be a Christian, right? So just having that association with a church doesn't save us and it doesn't make us a Christian. It's Jesus that does all those things. In 1 John, John is going to tell them how to know they are Christians and why they are. How do I know I'm saved? How do I know I'm a Christian? John's going to tell us. And so if we're wavering in our faith, we're wavering, you know, there's lots of questions out there. People are attacking us. First John's going to give us confidence and comfort and security in who we are as Christians. On the flip side of that, as we go through 1 John and we start seeing these things and we're like, well, that's not me. Well, then maybe we need to have a, a, a discussion with, with our pastor or with Jesus himself and say, wait a second, I'm hating my brother. That's not Christian. That's not a Christian thing to do. And so as we read through this and we, maybe we get convicted and we're like, wow, we're not living like Christians. We need to take that into account. Just a few more items here as intro as we get into this. John did some other writing. John, uh, this is First John, right? So you assume there's a Second John and there is a Third John. Uh, he also wrote the book of Revelation, as well as the Gospel of John, the Good News of John. So that's what Gospel means, the Good News. And so, what is that Good News? It's really easy. It's Jesus. That's the Good News that John wrote about in the Gospel of John. Now, I want to read you a verse from the Gospel of John, and. Keep this in mind as we go along. Uh, this is John, chap- the Gospel of John, chapter twenty. And in John chapter twenty, verse thirty, it says, "Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book." Now, listen to this. Verse thirty-one, John twenty thirty-one. And uh, when I went to Bible school, they, the, one, the one teacher just hammered this verse into our heads. Every single night, he would hammer this verse into our heads. Verse 31, But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Now, notice that. These are written that you may, and maybe your version says, might believe. John wrote the Gospel of John, to help us understand how to be Christians, how to become a Christian. It's the story of Jesus. And so that's why he wrote the Gospel of John, that you might believe. Now, 1 John is very similar, but he changes the words just a little bit. And back in our, our book of 1 John, our letter of John, John says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Notice the difference in the gospel of John. He says that you might believe now in his book in, in the letter of first John, he says, I write these things to you who believe this book of first John is written to Christians and it's to prop them up, to lead them, to guide them. There's a difference there. Now, if you were, if you were looking to point somebody to a book of the Bible, if somebody says, hey, I want to know about this Jesus, I want to be a Christian, I'd take them to, first, or the, to the gospel of John, right? Because it's written so that you might know who Jesus is, right? If you have a Christian, that you, somebody that you believe is a Christian who is struggling about their, their faith or what's going on or they're being attacked, then you maybe take them to 1 John and say, you know what, this is written for Christians. And so that's what the f- book of 1 John's about. The gospel of John is an announcement of Jesus, a how-to book, if you will. This book of 1 John is, as a Christian now, here's, how, here's what it should look like. That's what we're gonna go through. As we uh, look at the book of 1 John. And after all that intro, uh, let's go ahead and look at 1 John chapter 1. And we want to answer remember, we said we had two overarching questions How do I know I'm a Christian and how do I know I'm saved? So that's overarching. Now, today we're going to look at two other things uh, underneath that Who is Jesus and what is sin? And so as we look at the book of 1 John chapter 1, we want to answer those questions Who is Jesus and what is sin? Let's go ahead and read the first chapter of 1 John, and I'll go ahead and read it here to you. It says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared and has seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from him, and declare to you God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim to have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. And so... As we start into chapter 1 here, First John, do you ever doubt your salvation? Have you ever had waverings, you know, about what you believe? Do you wonder if it's real? Maybe things are getting hard in life and you don't understand and it makes you waver in your Christianity. Well, that's what was going on with these early Christians. There was some stuff going on in their church. There was false teachers, false prophets. There was... John says antichrist amongst them. There was some struggle in the church that John was writing to here. Those struggles haven't went away as, as Christians. We still have those troubles, And he's going to build them up, confirm their faith. Now, if you're gonna build somebody up and confirm their faith as a Christian, where should you start? Jesus? Would that be a good place to start, right? If we're gonna build up a Christian in their faith, That's where I would want to start. Let's start with Jesus. And so, what does John do? That's where he starts. It all has to start with Jesus, the one they believe in. And so, as they're going through those struggles, he's saying, here, let's talk about Jesus. So, verse 1, there. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. That should sound... This sounds very familiar, probably sounds familiar to a lot of you, sounds very similar to the Gospel of John, chapter one, verse one, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now John applies that same thought further. When he says, we hear, I think he, he's talking, he says, which we have seen, which we have heard, I think he's talking about the other disciples that were with Jesus, and he says, we have heard him with our own ears. We have physically heard him. We have physically seen him. We have physically touched him. Why is that important? Because I can hear you. You can hear me. I can see you, right? You guys can see me. I shook a lot of your hands this morning, right? We touched physically. Is that a big deal? It's not that big of a deal, right? That happens every Sunday. It happens when we, everywhere we go, right? We physically see people. We physically hear people. Why is this different? When he's talking about Jesus and he's talking about hearing Jesus and seeing Jesus and touching Jesus, why is it different? Because he was dead. That's why it's different. They saw the resurrected Christ, right? A few weeks ago, we celebrated Resurrection Sunday. We celebrated Easter. Jesus died. He rose again. That's why John's writing this. It's different with Jesus because they saw him alive after they saw him dead. It's a huge difference. I've never seen anybody dead that I've heard speak. It doesn't happen. I've never seen it but it did happen with Jesus. so that's the difference. That's why this is important because Jesus had been dead and now John is describing the resurrected Jesus. He is real. In in Luke 24, Jesus tells the disciples when he shows up in their midst after his resurrection, he shows up in their midst and he says, I'm not a ghost. We talked about that on Wednesday night, uh, last Wednesday night a little bit. He says, I'm not a ghost. Ghosts don't have flesh. And then Jesus asks him for something to eat. He's real. And John here is trying to make that point. Back in the Gospel of John chapter 20, we, most of us know the story of doubting Thomas, right? Or at least we've heard about doubting Thomas. Thomas says, unless I see it, I won't believe it. Thomas says, unless I see Jesus, you tell me he's resurrected, but unless I see him and can touch him, I won't believe it. Well guess what? Jesus shows up and he says to Thomas, go ahead and touch the wounds. Go ahead and touch them. I'm real. And Thomas's response to that is, my Lord and my God, right? Thomas went, oh, he is real. And so John, he saw all this. John was there. He sees all this Going on, he was with the resurrected Christ, with the resurrected Jesus, and he wants these Christian believers that he's writing to to know that Jesus is alive. So, who is Jesus? He's everything he said he was. He's alive and he's real, and that's who these Christians and we should believe in the resurrected Christ. Back to John 1, uh, first, back to the book of 1 John chapter 1, verse 2, it says, The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. So in verse two, John stands behind this statement he made in verse one, that which was from the beginning, which we have seen, right? We talked about that. He stands behind this statement. He testifies like he's in court. It's like he's under oath. He's saying, look, I testify to these things. I saw them. That Jesus is life, the word of life. Life is Jesus." Jesus' life. And so if we think about that, right, nothing exists without him. And as we talk about this and think about this, this just isn't life. Someday all of us will pass from this life. We won't be here anymore. This is talking about eternal life, something on another level. And so John is putting this testimony out there that Jesus is not dead. John also points out Jesus' divinity, God the Father, God the Son, and Jesus was and is with his Father. And so just to, as we read this and we just read 1 John 1.1, 1, 1, let me go back and I want to read this fully uh, instead of just kind of quoting it. John 1.1, 1, 1. it says, in the beginning was the Word with a capital W, Jesus, and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Keep that in your mind, because as he writes this letter, all these things that he speaks in the gospel of John, chapter 1, those first handful of verses there, he's gonna repeat and use those verses to edify these Christian believers, okay? So these things that you read, if you went back and read John, these things would start tying together. In verse three there, he says, back in First John, he says, we proclaim to you that we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ, John just puts it out there. He proclaims it. And as we talked about, there's some stuff going on in this church with false prophets trying to manipulate these folks and they're being attacked with false teaching. We're gonna see later that there are phonies among these people that are not telling them the truth. So we need, and they needed, to know who is who and what is true and what true Christians believe to help push out this doubt. John gives this refresher essentially a refresher course on Christianity, and you Christians believe in the true Son of God. That's what we believe in. And along with that, with a common focus on Jesus, when we have a common focus on Jesus, the other thing that that brings is fellowship. We have something in common. It's hard to get acquainted with somebody that you have nothing in common with. That's just us as humans, right? So if, if people have, if Christians have a common center point, we all have something in common. That, that common hub in the wheel is Jesus. That's what all Christians, all true Christians believe in. Not only does it bring this idea of fellowship, but it also brings this idea of it's a joyful thing. Right, It's a wonderful thing. When Christians come together, and I like to listen. Do you ever just, on a Sunday morning, when people are singing, just stop and listen for a second? It kind of lifts you up a little bit. It's good to hear Christians fellowshipping together. And so, not only does it bring fellowship, focusing on Jesus, it brings joy. And that's what John writes there in in verse 4. He says, we write this to make our joy complete. That common focus on Jesus and the fellowship it brings, it brings joy. Seeing other believers with a focus on Jesus is a joyful and wonderful thing. Now, we're going to start a second half of this, right? We're going to break this this first chapter up in two parts. And so we're going to start a second half, but let's stop right here and remember what our goal is. Our goal is to have confidence in our Christianity and our salvation, Right? How do I know I'm a Christian and that I'm saved? Well, number one, we believe in the resurrected Jesus, the Son of God. John starts there because without Jesus, the rest of this letter doesn't matter. If you do not start with Jesus, nothing else matters. So number one, if, if we want to know that we're a Christian and we're saved, well, that's the first place to start is we believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And number two, as, as, as John pointed out here, we are looking for that fellowship with God and with other believers. That's a good indication of our Christianity, that we're looking for fellowship with God and with his son, and that we're looking for fellowship with like-minded people, with people that believe that same thing. And yeah, we'll have our ups and downs Right? Everybody does. That's what was going on in this church. They were, things were happening. It wasn't all good. But that doesn't change the focus or the joy that comes from knowing Christ. Remember those two things, right? If you want to know you're a Christian, well, guess what? You need to believe in Jesus, number one. And number two, you're going to look for that fellowship with God and with other believers. And so in this second half, we want to answer two other questions, While still focusing on those ones, we want to answer some other questions. What is sin and who is Jesus? Those are important things to remember. Who is Jesus? John starts out with Jesus, who he is. But we need to put that in context of of our salvation. Jesus is the son of God. He came, he died, he went to the cross. He rose again to save us from our sins. What are our sins? What does that mean? What, what does being sinful mean? And so John is going to describe that, and we're going to answer those questions. In verse 5, John relays a message straight from Jesus. Take notice of that in verse 5. This is the message that we have heard from him, Jesus. And declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. So John builds this contrast between light and dark. It's a pretty natural contrast, right? It's, it's something, he's building a contrast between light and dark, good and evil, um, perfect and fallen. So what does it mean that God is light? Well, naturally, I just said, naturally, we kind of get this. We get the contrast between light and dark. Where would you, let me ask you a question. Where would you rather be? Would you rather be in a dark, moldy, nasty basement or sitting on your patio in the sun? I would hope most of you say sitting on the patio in the sun, right? We don't want to be in that dark, moldy, nasty basement, right? It's a really easy thing for us to understand. And the other thing that we do naturally as humans is we correlate the dark with bad things, don't we? There may be a few people out there who are afraid of light, but I can guarantee you there are a lot of people out there who are afraid of the dark. We have a natural fear of things that are dark, the darkness, we associate that with bad things. And so that's the contrast that, that John's gonna use here. So what does it mean God is light? When I ask that question and I think about that question, what God is light, I think of things like purity, right? It's nice, it's sunny. It's, it's. So I think of things like goodness, purity, perfection, righteousness, holiness. When it says God is light, those are the things that come to my mind, good things. There's nothing dark in God and there's nothing sinful or imperfect about him. He's pure light. He's pure goodness. He's pure righteousness. When we think about the darkness and think about walking through a dark room and you're stumbling and you're tripping and maybe you're scared that somebody's hiding behind a corner There's nothing good about that, right? That's what it is. Darkness is stumbling, frustration, fear, anger. In other words, sin. God is light, darkness is sin. It's rebellion against God. It's the thing that opposes light. And so that's the contrast that John's trying to get in our head that God is perfectly good, perfectly righteous, perfectly holy in this world is perfectly, not perfectly, imperfectly dark, bad, evil. And as we think about this, number three, a a third way to know that you're a Christian and to have confidence in that that, is to look where we're walking. We want to walk in the light as he is in the light. Christians walk in the light, not in the dark. We follow Jesus. We don't chafe against God. We do the opposite. We're supposed to be fellowshipping with God and each other. Now, John goes on here, as he said. He says uh, in verse 6 there, if we claim to have fellowship with him yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus. His son purifies us from all sin. And so, some may make the claim, I follow Jesus, but I still fight with God. Well, that doesn't make any sense. I follow Jesus, but we fight with each other. That doesn't make sense. That's not Christian, right? And so, a Christian walks in the light, not in the dark. Walking in the dark is where you get that fighting, that, that just... Grinding against each other and God. When we see that in our lives, we should take a long, hard look at our relationship with Christ. First off, we need to go, if I am a Christian, do I have something that I need to confess? Is there a sin that's causing this issue that I need to take to God and take to that person and get rid of? Right? That's how Christians work. And if that's our whole life, just grinding and fighting against God and and against each other, well, then we need to ask ourselves, am I a Christian? Did I really believe, do I really believe what I say I believe? And so those are some things that that should come into our mind. And John goes even farther. John says the person who claims Jesus and walks in the darkness is a liar. Right? Right? Christians walk in the light. If you claim Jesus and we're walking in the dark, you're a liar. John's pretty pretty, uh, adamant about that. And so in verse seven, we once again see this idea. It says, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. And so we see this idea once again of fellowship. It comes up again. We have fellowship because we're in the light because we can see each other. We're not stumbling through the darkness. How do you know, and how do we get out of that darkness into the light? We're in the world, we're in the dark. How do we find that light of Jesus? Or what makes, changes things from dark to light? Well, John says here, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son purifies us from all sin. And so it's the blood of Jesus that's, flips that switch from that walking in the dark to walking in the light. Those sins then are forgiven. We don't have that sinful nature. Now, we couldn't do that on our own, right? We, we can't do that. We're sinful. We have a sin nature. This will be uh, very familiar verses to most of you. Romans 3, uh, 21 through 26, This is Paul writing. He says, But now a righteousness from God, apart from the law, has been made known to which the law and prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus to all who believe. There is no difference. Here it is. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by by Christ Jesus. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. He did this to demonstrate his justice because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand go unpunished. And so we all have sinned. Well, we're all in the dark. Jesus is the light. And so as Christians, and and if we're trying to... confirm our Christianity, confirm our salvation, we should have seen a change. People should see a change, right, from, from the world and self to God. Uh, that flip switch should have been flipped from darkness to light. Does that mean we never sin again? Now we're, we're gonna sin, right? You know, no, it, the, but you know that pattern is gone, or should be being pushed out of our lives, that pattern of sin. We should feel convicted of our sin. And, when we, re- and we should realize our sin. And we confess our sin. That, and that's the difference. The light makes things show up. The light makes, makes, right, if we turned out all the lights, we couldn't see each other. We couldn't see things. Guess what? When that, light, that switch is switched and now we're in the light, guess what? We see our sin. We see who we are. We see we're fallen. We see that we have no connection to God. But you think of people that are still in the dark, they, people in the darkness don't see their sin. They don't recognize it, and they surely don't confess it. And so there should be this differential between the light and the dark in our lives. As Christians, we should be over here, not over here. And so number four, how do we know we are saved? Well, because we're convicted of our sin. We realize our sin. We realize that God is perfect and we are not, and then we confess those sins. That's a way to know that, hey, I'm a Christian, that that I am saved, is because I recognize that sin in my life. Look at verses eight and 10 here. It says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. And so we see our sins because they're exposed to the light. If we say we haven't sinned, we're liars, okay? If we say that we haven't sinned, we are liars because we have. If somebody makes the claim that they have never sinned, They are not a Christian. Only one person who has ever walked this earth can make the claim to have not sinned. Who is it? Jesus, right. He's the only one that can make that claim that there was no sin in him. There was no rebellion in him. There was no darkness in Jesus. Everybody else, that's us. Guess what? We're sinners. And so what goes on here is, is we're really good... And, and I've been thinking about this a lot. People are really good at lying to themselves. We, it's weird to think about. If we step back and give ourselves an honest look, we're really good at lying to ourselves. And telling ourselves all kinds of things. Right? In this case, when we're thinking about light and dark, being a Christian and not a Christian... It says, you know, if we say we're without sin, we're a liar. Well, we can tell ourselves we're good enough to get to heaven, but that doesn't fly. You can tell yourself every day I'm good enough to get to heaven, but that does not fly. That's not how it works being a Christian. Good works and a good life don't cut it, and yet lots of people believe it, tell themselves that lie that I've done enough good, I've thrown enough money in the offering plate, you know what, I saw that homeless person, I gave him a dollar. That's a good thing, but sorry, that doesn't get you to heaven. That's not, that's not how it works. And so we can deceive ourselves telling that we're good enough, we've done enough good things. And lots of people believe that and are in the dark. A Christian looks at themselves in the light and says, I'm a sinner. I need somebody to save me. And that savior your was Jesus, And so a Christian knows that they're sinners and they know who saved them. As Christians, as saved people, we have this, this conviction, this realization of sin. What do we do with it? If we're convicted of sin, what do we do with it? Well, in verse nine there, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Well, as a Christian, if we see ourselves sin, we admit it because we believe that Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us that sin. And it's Jesus that purifies us from all unrighteousness. So number five, how do we know we're Christians? Is we believe he's faithful and just and purifies us. He's faithful and just to forgive those sins that we've committed and he purifies us from from the sin and darkness that we brought to the table. That's all we bring to the table is just sin and darkness, right? It's Jesus that brings the light. And so if we believe who Jesus is, we walk in the light, we have fellowship with him and our fault, and we have fellowship with him and our fellow Christians, we believe Jesus purified us from our sins, we realize and confess our sins, we can have pretty good confidence that we are Christians and that we are saved. No matter if we question ourselves and others question us and attack us, if we see those things in our lives, if we hold this up to ourselves and are honest with ourselves and say, you know what? I see my sin. I know Jesus took those sins and purified me of those sins. That's what I believe. I believe he's the son of God. Well, guess what? That's, you're a Christian. (laughs) Those are the things that you see in yourself when you're a Christian. And so John, once again, is propping these people up as they're wavering and questioning. He's like, no, if if you see these things in your life, you're a Christian. So verse 10, it says, he kind of, John kind of changed, comes from a different angle here. He says, if we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, God. If we claim we haven't sinned, we make God out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. What does that mean? If we say we're we're not sinners and we have not sinned, not only are we lying to ourselves and others, but we're making God out to be a liar because God said we're all sinners. And so if if you or me say, I haven't sinned and God said, yes, you have, we're saying you're lying, God, and that's a problem, right? That's still in that darkness. And so what the people that are doing this, that are, are saying they, are, they haven't sinned or they don't sin, they're making themselves out to be their own God, right? The, 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 the focus has turned from God with a big G to me with a little G, right? I've made myself out to be a God if I say I'm perfect, I tell Misty that, hey, I'm perfect. <laughs> she doesn't believe me. <laughs> but right, we, we, we see that in ourselves. We know if we're honest with ourselves that we're sinners, that we're fall you know, we're fallen. And so this this last verse here, that's not the picture of a Christian. Um, verse ten. If you know, if we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar. I'm a liar. We'd say that God's a liar. That's not a picture of a Christian. And so when we look at ourselves and go, "Well, am I a Christian? Am I saved?" Well, John tells us here: if if you think you're perfect, well, you're not saved. <laughs> That's just the way it is. And so we're going to continue to go through these um, as John writes this letter. There's multiple of these things that we can kind of apply to our lives and look and go, "No, I'm a Christian," or maybe, "Wow." I never thought about that before. Maybe I should rethink this. And so, just to recap here, who is Jesus? He's real, he's resurrected, he's the life, he purifies our sins. He's not only the life, but he's the light. He's the Son of God and He's the Savior. What is sin? It's rebellion against God, it's walking in darkness, it's that thing that's opposed to light. And so, how do we know we're Christians and are saved? How do we have confidence in our salvation? Number one, we believe in Jesus and who he is. Number two, we have fellowship with God and other believers. Number three, we walk in the light of Jesus. Number four, we know we are Christians because we're convicted of our sins and we confess our sins. And number five, we believe Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And so those are kind of a checklist of of things. And so... There's more to come. John's writing to believers to give them confidence, and we're gonna see later, he's also writing this to give them discernment, right? There's problems in this church, right? There's false teachers, false prophets, there's antichrists in this church, and he's giving them confidence and discernment to weed out these fake Christians that we're gonna see later. But as we read these things, that these things can help us to solidify what and who we believe in and know we are part of God's family. We're Christians. We're saved people. Now, remember back, we, John started out by telling us who Jesus was, right, that he saw him, that he saw the resurrected Jesus. If you can't, if you're sitting here this morning and you can't even start by acknowledging Jesus, nothing else matters. That's number one is acknowledging who Jesus is. We have to believe who he is. And so knowing Jesus is priority number one. And, and John makes it, starts out with Jesus here. He starts out with Jesus in the gospel for that reason. So if, if you're not a Christian here today, you have to start with who is Jesus, right? If, you, if you're sitting here and you're not a Christian or some of these things started to go, well, I don't, I don't know, Go back and start with Jesus. You got to believe who He is first and then work your way through these things. And so we have people that come up in these prayer corners every morning, every Sunday morning. If you're not saved, come up and talk to them. They'll tell you about Jesus, right? You got to start there first. And so just to finish up, we're going to go through the rest of this uh, letter of John and keep remembering these things. I can have confidence that I'm a Christian because. I see these things in my life. I can have confidence that those other people that I'm fellowshipping with are Christians because I can see these things in their lives. And so just keep that in mind as we go through this. And we'll keep going. Got a couple more Sundays here. And uh, so read up on 1 John. It Doesn't take long to read. So if you want some homework, read 1 John. If you want to know who Jesus is, go back and read the Gospel of John. Get yourself all uh, read up on Jesus.